0: Chilex, a podcast you'll listen to, this about talk about life, news, and anything interesting. Welcome back to another episode of Chilex. Today, I'm gonna to be reflecting on you know the first year of my corporate life. Technically, I'm not really um at my first year. I'm one and a half years and almost two years already. I don't know, man. Maybe the COVID thing, the COVID thing, kind of distorted the whole perception of time, isn't it? It feels as if I just graduated yesterday or last month. To be honest. It's already almost 2 years already. I'm not a student anymore So sad And near the end of the podcast I'm gonna be talking about something that I recently discovered about this podcast online Some of people's comments, reviews Which is kind of interesting And just in case you might be hearing it I don't think you, you can hear it at all Today HDB decided to wash the floors So you can hear the hoses, the pipes running I don't know what kind of water they are using kind of pipe they're using essentially water can be heard running through the entire block and then you know you, they're gonna wash the floors i don't think you can hear it at all because i i tried um speaking some lines and when i was listening to it can't hear anything so it should be all right it should be all right so reflecting on my first year of corporate life i don't really have a flow no story uh, maybe there are some stories here and there but it doesn't flow like a story I just write like a lot of bullet points things that i found interesting things that i've learned and hopefully some of you might find find it mm, relatable interesting so the first one is good culture is hard to find and good ones require top management commitment so this is quite an interesting thing my first job out of university i managed to land a job that has very good culture and coming from a a background of agency life, right? As we all know, agency is horrendous, I suppose. uh, It can be... I mean, the culture is like a flip of a coin, right? It can be super good, but then you still work like crazy. And it can be very, very toxic. So I came from a very toxic agency environment. I think I got mentioned it in the previous podcast before. The previous episodes. I mean, TLDR, uh the, the place was quite bad. The team that I got into... As compared to the other teams in the agency mine was probably the worst one the entire team just wasn't like they, they, they weren't friends at all they weren't on good working relationships the manager hit the director the director hit the manager the director would throw the manager under the bus then the manager is it, like taking so much heat that she eventually quit then she had to go and see psychologists and all these things so it's so it's, it's terrible and then you have your senior senior staff in the team um, also not working very well with the with, with the director then she quit so essentially right i was in the internship then halfway through the internship they just left i'm like wow but granted agency turnover rate quite high so there's a good chance that if you are interning there people are gonna leave but i never expected that my team so many people leaving as compared to other people's team they they stuck along they they, they were there and nobody quit during their internship so seeing that it's kind of disappointing but it is is what it is and then the team is a bit dysfunctional you have people who were there working for 10 plus 20 years you know one of those people I'm quite sure you have seen before or heard before um, in Government agencies, uh, or marketing agencies, or anywhere in the workplace, where there's this very old person that has been that has been working there since the dawn of time, and they do little to nothing, and yet they are just sitting there earning money. So we have this, we have this senior exec that was in the team, and and I'm quite surprised she can stay for so long because I thought there will be a lot of demands for agency in the agency situation, right? There's a lot of client demands, the director demand. And if you can't um provide those uh provide what is asked, you'll be fired, right? But the person managed to stay. And I, I heard that the person had some sort of backing from a very uh important person in the in the company. So she was there. But she has been working for 10 plus 20 years already, like long service award. I was like, uh what what it essentially this created a lot of problems in the team because your team only can have so much headcount then you have this this person that can only serve one client one to two clients and your, your, your effectiveness, your efficiency goes down right? and you have all these problems going on and it wasn't nice and the way people behave there because this environment is already so bad to begin with right? then people started um, becoming very agitated when they behave they don't really behave very well and they can't really provide the best kind of condition for an intern to thrive to learn i suppose that was a learning experience for sure being thrown into the into the deep end the worst kind of possible scenario i don't know i just feel like every day i was walking on 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 landmines or something so i can really contrast the kind of experience i had in my current workplace which is a very good culture when everybody is very collaborative, they they help one another, they don't really hate one another, there's no uh office politics, which is very, very rare. And I thought as an executive I'm impervious from um office politics, right, right. But then when all the other management people say that there's no office politics, then you realise hey, it is really true. Which which whichever level you are at there's no uh office politics, that means that it truly there isn't that much, all right? and I was able to contrast compare and contrast the behavior in this culture that I'm, this place that I'm working at to the agency because in, in my current workplace, it's so collaborative where if I got any questions I just ask if I got any problem we can just call and discuss there's no need to think about how is he or she gonna react Um, should I think about um not wasting his time or whatever and whereas in agency it was just purely whatever you need to a request for you need to see what's the situation like you need to make sure the person has time before you call the person uh, make sure you don't disturb the person so it's really working on their minds every day Is it's such a huge difference in my current workplace? it's easy you want to ask questions you want to work on something call the person immediately and the person is all right as much as it disrupts work it's not to the extent where people are so like so i don't know so tight about it right and that really kind of shows the huge difference in terms of culture and you realise that culture is something that is built by people and these people cannot be cannot be leaving everyday right, cannot be uh staying here for 3 months then suddenly leaving you have a lot of people in my company where they have stayed for 10 plus 20 years even the management also stay for 10 plus 20 years they hire and they promote they promote internally essentially and this really allows them to shape the culture. This is where good culture requires top management commitment, right? So they are committed to the extent where you have people that came from um, um banking industry that can, as we all know, can be particularly cutthroat. Uh, people can be quite toxic there. Uh, it's very, can be quite self-centered. And I heard a lot of the stories from DBS. Uh, we have uh, uh, lecturers that quit DBS from a high position and came to the teaching, came to teach us um um analytics and she was mentioning about how challenging and how crazy it was the kind of environment in this kind of banking industry. And then we had someone like that joining the company and then creating a lot of problems, people crying, people getting I suppose criticized negatively, I suppose criticism is alright, but but when you disparage someone when you kind of step on someone then this kind of goes beyond the acceptable line right eventually the management just fired her let her go i suppose to speak in a more pc term um and and when you see that happen it instills a lot of confidence to see that the com- the, the the management is committed to creating a safe diverse um collaborative kind of environment and that is very good to see and you can't really find that it's very hard to find it um and i suppose you when you think about it like how do you even find it at the start i think as a graduate recent graduate you always thinking right how do i even know the manager that i'm talking to is she good or not is she gonna help me you can ask so much questions during the interview about the company about the culture and you can try and look at glassdoor i think glassdoor is probably the best best tool to to really see how good the culture is but then you don't really have a full picture right hence it can be quite tough for a a graduate or even anybody even if you are you have been working for so long it's literally like a flip of a coin like what one of our there's this writer from our who was working with us and he left for another company then he say i never have i seen before such a good environment. And whenever you find a new job, it's always a toss of a coin to, you know, it's, you hang sway or some place are good, some place are bad. That is, I suppose, working life. But of course, you know, good culture, um, stories of good culture can spread. And off the top of your head, you can tell, oh, which are good culture, which are not. But then at the end of the day, Glassdoor is also the people who reviews on Glassdoor. They are from different departments, right? And people change. People can and there will be new people in the department hence you will never be a full perfect picture of what is going on that's why i'm i'm, I'm grateful i'm grateful to to be in my working for my company There's good culture and i think the second bullet point i wrote toxic culture breeds toxic people the agency uh, experience is a very good example when you have toxic people with that crazy toxic culture that interns breeds toxic behavior that turns people i suppose that makes toxic people right? and then the third bullet point is there are significant repercussions for social loafers i i i was one of those people in uni where i carried a lot but thank god i have a group of very close friends where whenever we can go to the same module we can group together if the teacher allow we will always do that because we know that each of us are t- dependable, reliable and we produce work but then the worst kinds are the when the teacher decides to randomize the group which is ridiculous then you have to deal with social loafers, first and there really isn't any kind of repercussions because I feel that in uni if the person don't do work then usually I would like to report them but I never reported before because other people are just way too nice say, don't report, lah, don't report, lah, we just do for them they like, Huh? then they don't suffer any kind of consequences then we carry the person for nothing the person get A for nothing so my son is always report but I never reported um, then then you have uh, people who just not do anything at all and there's zero repercussions and I heard of cases where my friends reported the person and there's so much that is needed to give the person not an A which doesn't make sense I think the their actions are so apprehensive because usually it's good work, right? They are not gonna throw this uh social loafer to the deep end and do a good work on on he on on her own or on his own, right? End of the day, the social loafer just gets off with a B. Uh I don't think I heard before a C. There's there's nothing significant that they will really jeopardize their whole whole education. Essentially they can just social loaf their way entire time copy paste do a little bit of editing and paraphrasing maybe not at all and they can still get away scot-free which is unfortunate but in the workplace that can still happen no doubt that that can still happen but there's definitely heavier kind of punishment for this social loafers when you don't do work when you work from home you just disappear for what 3-4 3-4 hours and everybody knows you will disappear at 3pm and then uh, you, you disappear from morning until 3pm then you then you reappear again then you're on your on your what skype or, or or teams or whatever it is and when people know something all these things got spread around and essentially or eventually you know if your if your management are very on the ball with these kind of things they will they will speak to you uh, they will have the talks uh, and all these things and eventually you'll be that go it's good to know there's repercussions for these kind of things because it's I, I know that quite a lot of you who are working by now will have experience working with social loafers or people who are just lazy and not want to do any kind of work who are who you always wonder till, till today how did they even get this job how did they even advance and get promoted it's, it's just baffling just baffling and when you talk to them right you can immediately know you can tell i don't know whether is it me or maybe, maybe am i uh jumping the gun here am i um assuming a lot of things i feel that some parts of it is i'm assuming a lot of things but when you speak to the person and just within one one instance right where you just talk to the person you can kind of tell really when you talk to the person for work and then the subsequent times kind of cements the whole your whole theory or, or your assumption in this case and that's that uh significant repercussions next is I'm baffled how people can jump every year jump to different companies every year and still learn something I'm in one and a half years in really right and I think about my experience within the first year alone and I feel that I didn't learn so in depth. Everything is very surface level. So if you're telling me that you learn something right most likely it's something that is best very, very surface level that's why i i don't really understand how people can keep on jumping everywhere of course you can jump nobody is stopping you you can jump to get higher pay but then um, if you talk about learning are you learning useful things i suppose you being in that company uh, within the industry that the company is working in right now you definitely get some information on how things work for sure one year in you definitely know how things work but then on a deeper level you don't really have that kind of understanding right i i don't i don't get it i don't get how people can jump every year but i suppose this is the trend right you want to jump every year you take that little bit of information and then you hold on to you because i remember i was talking to this uh when i was interning this person who has interned uh at Essential and eventually went to Accenture uh like as a full-time consultant or whatever it is. His approach to all these internships and work is they he go to different places for a short time and then he pick up all this information like small bits of information that is useful. Then as a consultant right he's able to string all these things together and provide solutions. The doing part is not an issue. I suppose maybe the second year in the company is where you really understand how things are being done but then First it's the general knowledge part right? in this case um it makes sense you jump around you have a lot of knowledge then you can string all these things together doing is is all right you can you, you you can always pick up these skills on your own time you can learn from others so it's not really much of an issue but maybe it's more of the issue of not having access to those knowledge and jumping here and there give you access to those uh first person knowledge direct knowledge and the next point is work from home is possible and this is the part that i was also super grateful for that I graduated in thank god covid happened as much as it is terrible with all the all the deaths and everything but then in terms of work wise I'm just happy it, it shows that work from home is definitely possible I, I know that it's not it's not I'm making a blanket statement here but I don't think it affects your performance that much just being able to save time working from home, i really very used to it really in uni I write papers, I study at home sometimes I go out and hang out with my friends and we study there which works equally as well but then it is possible to do work at home and thank god covid uh, showed that work from home is possible and now remote work is more I suppose more acceptable hybrid work conditions are definitely greatly embraced or widely embraced in this kind of scenario so that's great we are saving time saving 2 hours of travelling to and fro. we are saving a travelling course that amounts to $90 per month and we are saving on I suppose we are getting more time to sleep getting more time to spend with our family watching shows, relaxing that's great and then the next point Singapore's graduate salary is it's quite high compared to other markets. So when I worked in uh China when I was interning there, I realized the entry level grad for marketing is a three K three K thing, and I was quite surprised because I worked for for one of the tech companies, the the big three tech companies. I was like, huh, three K only? You work for essentially you are working for Google, you know, and you are earning three K. Is, is there something? Is there like a disconnect here? different tech cultures I'm not too sure I don't I don't know imagine right the tech companies right the, the biggest tech companies are uh, giving you 3k right then this kind of sets a ceiling right and if all the all the companies are essentially most likely going to be providing you less money I'm assuming that way and then seeing the Singapore's graduate salary I remember I saw this article before where they compare different countries uh, recent graduates their salary and Singapore sits at one of the higher ones you are getting your salary at quite a high you are getting quite a high number for, for that then you also have your CPF top up from your, from your uh, company and this adds up in the end because I was thinking you no, know, as anybody that wants to uh, quit and work for themselves you, you kind of need to do this kind of cost-benefit analysis right then you start calculating the amount of money you earn and it's not just as simple as they say oh your your pay is 3k it's tricky it doesn't work that way right it's k, cpf uh the cpf top up then you have insurance and you have all the other benefits that your company gives you that adds up together it's it's, it's hard uh, when you compare to other uh, markets other markets might not be as high as ours granted we also need to acknowledge that cost of living in singapore is way way higher a house here you go to japan you go to thailand you can buy a bungalow really which is kind kind of sad every day i watch youtube i see these overseas people talking about the houses they are in the kind of money they paid for it and then i see the house i need to that 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 i'm going to be buying all this hdb even the cheapest one in north side 300k really Oh my god, I'm paying so much just to rent for 99 years and I need to live within the confines of people from the top, from the bottom, left, right I don't have the kind of privacy, I don't have the space Uh, I don't have all these luxuries that other people can get with the same amount of money right Feels a bit sad, feels a bit sad but then it is what it is You are in this country then the location, I mean you, are, you have land is scarce Short supply, and you have these 35 year old singles uh, uh, buying their house at such a late age, and then things are so expensive. So, all these houses. That's that's one point. The next point would be marketing doesn't earn as much as finance and and accounting. The good thing about our uni was that in our first year, we studied all this uh, common curriculum, all these random philosophical sociology courses where we managed to you know hang out with people from finance and accounting and, and most important most importantly instead of going for those uh I don't know I don't know how to describe it, is it sexy camp or whatever? The freshman annotation camp that where y'all do all this sexual stuff in other units, right? Ours we we went for OBS, outward bounds, and they put us together with different causes from finance, from accounting, uh from what was it, from marketing, everybody come together and we are able to make lifelong uh, friendships through that and we are we are still hanging out even until now because throughout your your years in uni it's not just studying the common curriculum together but you're also studying uh, common business modules together. That's why we can create those relationships we can establish and cultivate this relationship After you graduate you, you, you realize you, you hear them say their first their first job how much they earn and then you realize ah am I in the wrong <laughs> wrong, wrong course. Being in marketing, I mean, marketing for sure in uni was very easy because everything is just written. There's no right or wrong. As long as it makes sense, then anything makes sense. Then you you get graded well. But then in finance accounting, they were definitely struggling a lot because when it comes to numbers, there's right, there's right or wrong, right? But then when we graduate. Yeah, the money they earn is significantly better We have friends who are earning. earning 5 plus 6k in banking Just your typical graduate Not some top role or whatever Just your typical role in banking And I was like, what? What? 4, 5, 5, 6k Accounting, okay I gotta acknowledge that this Accounting, you go big for your starting pay Is not super high But I heard from my friend that they are adjusting already adjusting to 33 36 3, or something every year you stay there the pay you earn jumps a lot higher of course you have to work 24 7 i suppose but the, the salary man the salary increases so much marketing is just kind of not as much i'm not really grumbling i don't think i can thrive in the finance environment and i don't think i would have passed the course if i went to finance because all these numbers not really a fan of it i don't think i would do well the next point I, I like work-life balance I never knew I would like a work-life balance I think in university I was very much hustling working all day every day studying non-stop non-stop but then suddenly now that I'm, I'm working now I like to chill after work I don't I don't really work over time and the fact that my company is able to provide that Usually companies that can provide that are your, your MNCs uh, MNCs that are western, western culture You see these kind of situations happen a lot like a, a good example is my friend who is working in Amazon You have different groups of people who are working from different markets You have the Australia group, you have the China group Then you can see that the China group right They always work all the way until 8-9 o'clock You can still receive emails and texts Australia the group, right, they 6 o'clock, zun zun, and, or is it 5 o'clock, they start at 8. And such a big difference, isn't it? And are they earning more? This one is something that I really want to know. Are they earning equal, equally as much in terms of salary? If that's the case, then why are you working so much? Are they getting the same amount of opportunities? Are they seen differently in that case? I'm quite sure, right, because you are working longer hours and one is not. How does management view this kind of situation? who gets the better opportunity and how this work-life balance changes these perspectives, right? For me, work-life balance is nice and being able to just finally have time to myself. I, f- I felt like in uni, even though you have holidays and everything, which is nice, long holidays are nice, you have a lot of time to yourself, but, but a lot of the time you are just spent studying and I didn't really have time for myself and having that work-life balance is, is nice, it's nice. Your world doesn't revolve around work personally i i can't really wrap my head around that but i can imagine how your life can be wrapped around work because you love it so much or you really have that kind of um chip on your shoulder that you want to work hard and earn a lot of money that makes sense but then for me i can't really imagine myself in that kind of scenario next point people are excited uh to push work relationships ah okay okay i know what this means (laughs) people are excited to push workplace relationships i always thought that workplace relationship is kind of taboo you shouldn't have that kind of thing you can easily and in this kind of uh i don't know climate any kind of uh intimate actions or uh behavior that that triggers people thinking that making them think that oh you know you are stepping across boundaries you can easily get flagged to HR and you can easily be uh misconstrued as a as some sort of harasser or something, right? That's that's how I feel, that, that, that sense of uh if it feels so scary you, you should just behave and you shouldn't do anything that steps out of boundary. But then I think in a Western kind of company it's a different scenario and even we even if even you just disregard the Western part any kind of company that I work in, for some reason they really like workplace relationships. They see people, oh you know, who do you like most? Uh if let's uh who's your ideal partner? Can you like out of all these people in the workplace, just name who is the closest to your ideal partner? And I was like, how oh, are you asking me this question? You're making it so difficult for me to answer. It it's like, oh no, if I say this is it gonna affect how they view me is it gonna affect my work and all these things and it just makes it a very awkward situation but they just seems to be so excited because whenever there are new people who come in if you're a single person they will push you you'll say hey you know you can go and talk to her they'll bring up they'll like create opportunity to bring you guys together so that was very jarring as compared to comparing it to my my initial expectations that you know these kind of things are frowned upon then you suddenly you go into this into a workplace where you know people are just having fun trying to push these kind of relationships they're like huh what is going on that was interesting uh the next point how is it possible to balance the demands of being a new parent and work demands i can't fathom it i can't imagine it at all but as, wait, what's the word unimaginable uh, yeah i can't i can't conceive it i can't even think or hypothesize or, or imagine how this plays out because but people still do it you know i mean well, now that you're working you have a lot of people getting married having children and usually when you have children right you are most likely at around the situation around the time where you are a senior exec where you have a lot more responsibilities or you are a manager where you have a lot more responsibilities And then you have those work demands because you need to put in more time do all these tasks manage all these people manage all these different stakeholders and then you become a parent you give you have a child and the child oh my god the child is it demands your time and attention 24 7. if you don't have a caretaker it's going to be even worse right and how do you balance that how do you balance that I noticed that what happens is that uh, if the company allows, they don't really uh, work the full 8 hours during that standard work time Um, They might be working 3 hours here, then they go and take care of the kid then they continue working, then they take care of the kid, then they come back at night when the kid is sleeping, and they continue working so they are working round the clock and attending to the kids round the clock and that's great I mean, if the company allows that, but just imagining that I myself, I put myself in their shoes. I don't think I can handle it. And I, I don't I don't ever want to put myself in those situations. And will my love for the kid, I mean, I'm quite sure if your love for the kid is going to pull you through. But then it's pain, man. Your personal life, your life, your leisure time, all just gone. It's just work and parenting, which is something that I, I can't accept. But but it gives me kind of a newfound um appreciation and and yeah just appreciation in general of of parents of people who have a child and is still able to handle work that's amazing um the next point relationship is ultra important in workplace this also relates to I suppose when it th- when it comes to relationship um it is built through. The kind of personality you are that you have, um, your work, the the kind of work you produce, the quality of it, behavior, um, how you talk to people, how you behave in at work, all of these culminates into relationships. That is ultra important. I didn't realize that like relationships and public perception, um, you I really see how a person's um, I don't know career trajectory. Can change so much based on how the person is interacting with people we have a lot of cases where I seen that they do a lot of good work but then their personality is like shit they complain a lot and all these things and they can they can get let go and people and when the company is so committed to creating a good culture and collaborative environment it can really go against you but I I guess different people fit different kind of culture right yeah people if people who would like to do work and don't really care so much about uh being on their best behavior or don't really care about building relationships then maybe they can work in maybe maybe does banking but banking i mean everywhere also relies on relationship right i'm sorry my experience is not broad enough to to know where where it's suitable for them from what i see so far um just being able to create good relationship and good working relationship with people where people like you people like to work with you people know that you're reliable that can really change your career path because when you make that conversion from a contract staff to a perm staff when you make that that conversion from a senior exec to a manager or the exec to the senior exec they are going to ask every single person that has worked with you and these people are going to give feedback on you and if you're if you don't have a good working relationship with them and if they don't like you, then you're gone, man. You're gone. And and if a company do their due diligence and not just ask your manager and ask everyone, you, you know you yeah, you know you need to make, make sure that you're on your best behavior all the time and be friends with everyone. And I think my example is a good example where just having your managers, your colleagues really love you so much that they are able to push for you and convert me from contract to to, to full time and that was nice i think that was nice and i can imagine a scenario where the person just just don't care about anything don't participate in any kind of work events it, it can really affect their conversion rate quite a fair bit next point usually what to climb you have to commit more time to work and also keeping uh, a abreast of news. Ah uh, this is something that is quite interesting. because right now I mean you just I I I just uh got into I mean the corporate world and everything and seeing you know, how exactly do you climb to senior management okay senior level manager senior management uh director level that kind how how do you do that right and essentially you have to commit more time you have to be smart you have to do Get to uh create successful uh situations not really create that doesn't really sound right you need to uh produce successful results that's the best way to put it um like take out projects uh make it successful and everything and you need to just be on top of the industry news thinking ahead thinking from a broader perspective so this takes up a lot of time and And there's no way around it i feel if anybody who is experienced with listening to this if there's another way around it you can let me know you can let me know um i'm interested in hearing out but if it just feels like in order to climb to the top every position requires more time requires you to commit even more time and you need to be more on the ball there's no way you can just like ignore the business of the world you can ignore news and everything and you can still thrive in a in a top management level right because all these top managers these management directors they all are thinking about political factors uh industry uh trends and all this thing i i can't think about it can i commit so much time to do, do i care enough about things about the work about the industry to really be constantly updated on this kind of things? i think it's a bit hard man maybe if my motivation is money then It makes sense or maybe my motivation is to feed my family it would make sense for me to kind of push me to do all these things but for now i have no such motivation and it's very hard for me to find that kind of thing that 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 fire to push me like i used to have in uni to study all day to just work like dog but then here now that i'm work it's a bit hard it's a bit hard to find that but for now i'm just comfortable but it's quite interesting to see how this scenario works how these things work right so that's that oh, i realized i've been talking for 40 minutes already jeez I, I haven't even reached i haven't even reached the end today might be the longest episode possible so 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 so. this is the next part where i, know, I think about one week ago or a few days ago i was for some reason it just popped up in my head that i should just search for the podcast name on google and see whether there's any coverage on it. Anybody talking about it. And I'm glad I did. I found somebody who recommended the podcast. And if the person is listening, has been listening until this point, thank you. On Ask Singapore subreddit, somebody was asking podcast to intro? question I've been listening to the daily catch up on my drive to and from work will appreciate recommendations that are similar to the daily catch up.com vibes but value adding at the same time if you know what i mean then there's this uh commenter that commented uh his name is name Z. less less i don't know he just said other than the mention yala but and in my opinion my personal face are the longkang kitties lots of lobang, and the more better podcast shout out to chillax a singapore podcast for some light daily random conversation stuff that's a very good, good way to put it i have never been able to um describe my podcast just that i just talk about very random stuff but i think he really put it very i suppose in the best way possible which is like daily random conversational stuff and thank you for shouting out to the podcast Uh, i'm quite sure you might have directed people to the podcast to find out more about the podcast i'm just happy that happened uh thanks for the <laughs> Thanks for the exposure. <laughs> I'm just happy that it's getting some recognition now. I mean, we are having about hundred people playing the podcast, and with like about hundred fifty daily listeners, or oh, yeah, and a hundred plays and downloads per podcast. And another, and I found another one also so This one is more on the happier note, I suppose. And this one that I found is not on the, it's not on the happy note. It's more on the negative note. Which is kinda of sad. Uh there's this website that call that is called Rephonic. I don't know, is this like a podcast website? But essentially they say Raphonic has scanned the web and collected all the information found on the on the podcast database. And then there's reviews on it. Oh 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 I know. Okay, so these reviews came from Apple Podcast. I didn't know Apple allowed written reviews. I know Spotify allows uh ratings, but then Apple doesn't have it. So Apple's one is out of 5 stars from 3 rating which is unfortunate we have the first one a Singaporean very negative dude (laughs) very negative I gotta admit I'm quite negative and I think the challenge here really is and I've been thinking of for a very long time because I myself is a very pessimistic and negative person already at the same time when you are sharing when you are trying to be authentic and share the problems that you have faced your perspective and just being opened being an open book and you want people you want to provide something that provide some experiences that you have gone through and people can find something that resonates with them and relatable that, that kind of assurance is pretty comforting that to know that somebody is going through the same problem as you are and you've got to be negative right because you are sharing negative problems Um, maybe you can be positive about it I suppose but you can't avoid that negativity and and I try to manage that. Uh, I mix things up. Not every episode is about some deep negative shit. I I, I agree that is I'm very negative. It is what it is. And maybe it's just part of a, of a maybe it's not just a. I would like to say it's a Singaporean kind of thing, but I don't. Maybe it's a. This is like another generalization, right? Where we like to complain and everything. But just me alone thinking about just me as an individual, I'm quite pessimistic, and I have a lot of bad experiences that i like to share and hopefully somebody find it relatable and comforting the next one this is from uk five months ago needs improvement this is the title broken english haha <laughs> and lots of negative negativity i thought uk people are very negative i can't help it lah. i mean still singaporean i mean the english is quite broken one then what you want me to say huh you want me to speak like 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 uk person water what i don't know does that make it? Does that make my English better? I, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a Singapore podcast. Granted, we can, I can speak in, uh, I can try and speak in perfect English, uh, but, but I don't know what is really perfect English. My grammar sucks. My, my vocab, uh, is alright. Um, it is what it is, and I don't think this is is to appeal to overseas people. It just mainly for me to talk about random things and appeal to local people overseas people like to listen to this it's it's great but overall it is what it is uh broken english so be it so be it then the next one uh 3 stars not bad interesting sharing that's all there's nothing else he mentioned which is alright interesting sharing not the worst but the ratings are quite brutal if you if you are still listening until this point if you haven't rated the podcast please do please rate it 5 star uh i mean it's a bit how do i say <laughs> i mean it feels a bit weird to be asking for rating but i think it really affects whether people want to listen to the podcast or not and i think that podcast is very subjective if you like it, it means you like it there's no in between i feel and that's that it's good to see uh, there are people talking about the podcast i'm just happy that the podcast is growing to some extent and that's the end of this episode i can't believe i talked so long to end things off if you like to support the podcast uh you can always go to patreon.com slash podcast i created an additional tier a cheaper tier so that you know if you are interested you can support the podcast monthly for about two dollars and then can get additional episodes which is it doesn't break your bank in that sense because i felt that the five dollars as the lowest tier might be a bit too much if you like to throw money my way thanks and all this money will not go to my pocket. Will will go towards funding the video set where i can create a video podcast do live, stream, live streaming and all these things and yeah if you got any questions or inquiries or things you want to talk about you can always email me at podcast at gmail.com so thanks for listening and i will see you guys next time